Welcome to Grown and Sexy Sisters Talk. This is real conversation for real women about real life. I'm your host, Nisi Gale, and I'm a personal development coach, life coach, women's empowerment specialist, and your number one fierce sister. This is episode number eight, and the first episode in the Girl, Get Your Life Right series. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Dr. Candace Rouser, Dr. C for short. Dr. C is a doctor of arts in modern world history, and she's going to break down the importance of getting out to vote on November the 6th. Dr. C has been teaching since 2005 and has been a part-time college level instructor since 2009. She has taught college courses all over New York City in institutions such as Westchester Community College, SUNY, St. John's University, the City University of New York, and Fordham University. Dr. C has taught all sorts of courses like world history, world politics, African history, African American history, American government, and the politics of economics. So as you can see, she's pretty well versed in this stuff. So sit back, relax, and take notes on episode number eight. And girl, get out and vote. Much love, be blessed, and stay grown and sexy sisters. We'll speak soon. So welcome to Grown and Sexy Sisters Talk. This is real conversation for real women about real life. I'm your host, Nisi Gale, and today I have an extra special guest on the line, Dr. C, Dr. Candace. Now, of course, all of my guests are very, very special to me, right? <laughs> I love everybody that gets on here and talks to me about stuff because everybody is so smart and so intelligent and they add such good stuff to the conversation. However, Today is even more special because my special guest is a doctor, but she's my baby sister. <laughs> Yay, I'm so excited. So my baby sister is so smart and she's so intelligent. And so I just had to get her on here and let her talk about what's passionate to her and to, and to me right now, which is the need for us to get out and vote. Yes, indeed. So, indeed. So... On the line, I have Dr. Candace Rouser. She mm -hmm. is a doctor of arts in modern world history, and she works in universities uh, around the city of New York. And today, she's just going to talk to us for a little bit about why it's really important for us to vote. Like, of course, we hear lots of conversation about the midterm elections that are coming up on November the 6th. And, you know, everybody's saying you should vote, right? But, you know, if you're a really busy person, you probably don't know why it's really important to vote because you haven't been listening to all the side conversations. So a couple of days ago, Dr. C was um, doing a live stream and she was really going in about... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm on the live stream like, yes, yes, yep, yeah, mm -hmm, yes, girl, yeah. And so I said, let's get on here and ask Dr. C, in her opinion... Mm -hmm. Why is it so important for us to vote? So to start out, Dr. Candace, tell us a little bit about your background and why you're so passionate about making sure people get out to vote on November the 6th. Okay, so um, I've been teaching in some capacity for almost 13 years and almost 10 at the college level and among the different courses I've taught, world politics and American government and politics. Okay. And so some of the issues that are surfacing in the country right now are definitely relevant to those two courses. And what I used to make my students do, and I still do in, in all my courses, they have to bring in news. So we are very current with what's happening, and these different things are coming up. Um, I think that um, people need to understand, I, I, will, I will answer this part of the question with an official definition of government, and it's from a global politics textbook. Okay. 
Oxford University Press published, um, multi-author. So I'm gonna read it. Government, the people and agencies that have the power and legitimate authority to determine who gets what, when, where, and how within a given territory. You know how people say, I'm not into yeah. politics. And I wow. say, maybe politics is into you. It wow. is a hobby. That's deep. That's a global politics textbook, official in the glossary, official definition of government. People are deciding who gets what, when, where, how, and, you know, for whatever reason, why. We want okay. to throw why in there. So okay. this is why I'm passionate about people voting, because they need to understand the purpose of government and that they need to choose the best people who are making those decisions. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because when you break it down like that, <laughs> I mean, we know that, you know, that people and in, in, in politicians make decisions. But when you break it down like that, it's like, okay, these are the people who are making decisions that directly affect my life. And so I have to get out and vote. Yes. Yes, most certainly. That's crazy. Um, okay, so in your opinion, why is this upcoming election so important because I know normally a lot of people will definitely well I guess in the last election a lot of people didn't go out and vote because they didn't they didn't you know enjoy the choices that they had and we see what happened as a result of that. However, <laughs> some people feel like oh it's just a midterm election it's not a general election we're not you know electing a president until 2020 so it's probably not that important for me to get out right now. So why do you think it's so important for us to come out to get um, vote in this midterm election that's coming up? Okay. Well, I'm going to do my best to just make this a three-point thing. <laughs> I think that I'm going to start out my first point with a student from my Modern World History course last year, uh, spring 2017 semester. So it was with the first six months of the current administration, mm. a brown female student, 18, recently eligible to vote. Okay. And she said, I wish they would have taught me more about the importance of voting, the structure of the government, like clear cut, because right. all they talked about in 2016 was the presidential election and not understanding how crucial the Congress is too. Okay. Like after the fact, people understood we should not be focusing only on the presidency. That's article two to the constitution. Article one is the legislative branch, which is Congress, 10 sections, most of the responsibility. Um, even though they're co-equal and in the, like uh, co-equal and kind of like dependent, they're supposed to fit together like this. Mm -hmm. Also, the legislative uh, responsibility, lawmaking responsibility at the federal level is Congress, is the legislature, even your state government and your local. It is the the multitude of people coming together to compromise, to, mm -hmm. to brainstorm, debate, discuss, vote, compromise. Mm -hmm. So that's one. Um, like the president doesn't control anything. The piece that he, you know, 20th century presidents have put more laws out. But the piece that the president contributes is, you know, his agreement to what Congress has decided and the signature. Also, laws come out of his office. There is a unit underneath the president. I believe it's the Office of Leg Legislative Liaison or something like that. Okay. And that's the president's team. And they help to draft the laws that he sends. So far, it's been a he. <laughs> that he's... <laughs> In Congress, right? Uh -huh. And they go through all the let work. That's number one. Okay. This, this, this election is for all the seats in the House and a third of the senators, I think 33 or 34. Okay. okay? That's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, um, 
when they drafted and accepted and stopped, started functioning under the new constitution at 1787, 1788, 1789 function, they created the government to be um, three parts, co-equal parts that work together and they balance each other out so that, they, that no one component abuses power. We don't have that right now. <laughs> no, um, we don't. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we need to shift that because we see that the way that is currently structured, this government is not really functioning for the people. Of course not. We, right. That, that much is obvious. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There needs to be investigations and there need to be checks on the executive branch and we mm -hmm. know who's heading that. Right. Um, and so that's why it's fundamental. That's number two. We need to really make the choice to shift the people in there so that they can live up to the intentions of, you know, when they created the country. Mm -hmm. Number three, our lives depend on it. Yeah. You know, they're making decisions about the judiciary. They're making decisions about economics, about pay, livable wages. They're making decisions about health care. Mm -hmm. these, are, these are matters of law. Right. Decisions about immigration. It's like every part of our life. So mm -hmm. number three is that these, the, we have to choose the best people that will do the, by, do the best by the most Americans as possible. And the mm -hmm. people currently in our Congress, the people currently controlling all three branches, they function with conservative ideas. Conservative ideas leave most Americans out. Right. That's the work. We've mm -hmm. got to change that. Mm -hmm. yep, that's it. <laughs> that's a that's lot. <laughs> and I love that because, you know, obviously we all took history class, you know, eons ago. But I mean, even when you, you were in school, you know, they break it down to you and you're young. You really don't understand until you actually are a functioning adult who has issues and, and we have, you know, pay cuts and we have taxes we have to pay and we may own a small business and that's yes. affecting us that way and healthcare And so now it's, it's completely different. And I think that people get so... Um, caught up in the day-to-day -day living that they really don't get the importance of it and they sit out a lot of people are sitting it out and so that's why it's really important for people like you who understand the technicality of it but you can break it down in layman's terms for us to really understand so that's that's really good stuff thank you so um during your last live stream you talked um, to voters, excuse me, you talked about voters being aware of what's going on behind the scenes in certain states right now. And I want you to elaborate on that because I've been, okay, let me just say, I listen to <laughs> a lot of stuff, but then I have to turn it off because I get pretty pissed off and then I'll be having a bad day, right? Because there's a lot going on right now. There's <laughs> a lot, it's so much going on right now. And so I heard something about, and I don't know this woman's name, shame on me for not knowing, but there's um, an African-American woman that's running for Congress, I believe. And in her district, they just found out that all of these votes had, all of these African-American votes had been suppressed to, to keep her from getting in office. There's a lot of shady stuff going on right now. So talk to us a little bit about what you were speaking about the other day. Okay, so um, this is coming from different years, reading stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I watch um, Stephen Colbert and all these guys mm -hmm. <laughs> for the comic yeah. relief. You get the news for the day, but you get the comic relief with it. I mm -hmm. need, need that at this point. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I'll be angry too. Yeah, right. Um, Rachel Maddow, I really respect her. She's awesome. Great work. Also independent, um, independent journalist too. And so mm -hmm. taking it all together. Okay. Uh, right now, we have North Dakota. 
We have Georgia in the news. We have Texas in the news, I believe. Those are the three basic ones where North Dakota, um, the Supreme Court, I believe it was just a few days ago with the new addition. Hmm. They just voted to uphold the, uh, no, it was a 62 vote, so he wasn't in there. But I was about to say, voted. is he already voting on stuff? I'm not sure. Jeez. I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think so. Wait a minute, they got him in and got him voting quick, no? <laughs> Hello. So <laughs> um, they voted 62 to uphold this voter ID law that North Dakota recently implemented okay. after Heidi Heitkamp's 2012 victory, which was a very small margin, like 2,000 to 3,000 votes. That specifically impacts the indigenous Americans in the state. So it's blocking the red folks, you know, oh. the colors, blocking the red folks. Okay. Who tend to vote Democratic. Like okay. this thing has been studied. Like, mm -hmm. you know, political science, you're studying, you know, people focus on elections and the demographics and how they vote. And so it's understood that black, brown, yellow, red folks, the folks of color, the ethnic minorities in the United States of America, they usually vote Democratic. Right. Okay. Then you have um, Georgia specifically account of, there's, I believe the figure was 53,000. Mm -hmm. Well, 53,000 recently registered voters whose registration is not processed is being blocked. And 70% of that 53,000 just happened to be African-American. Yeah. Where you have the, one of the first African-American women who is the Democratic nominee for mm -hmm. this for a governorship in Georgia. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've recently heard about Indiana, too. There's a blockage in Indiana as well, okay? So shady. Right. And that's because um, I don't have the year, but I know it's within the last probably five or six years, that, but the Supreme Court did not up or there was not a decision, I believe, by Congress to update the Voting Rights Act. Okay. Before 1965, there's a specific section that deals with the mechanisms to try to block voters. And so they have the, the mechanisms that were in place back 50 something years ago. But okay. They haven't updated it to include the new techniques to block voters. Okay. Um, now, when I mentioned in my live on the behind the scenes, I mentioned Bill Morrow's show. He's good. I respect him. I appreciate Yeah, him. he's good. He speaks his so, mind. <laughs> yes. You know, um, and we you know we need to learn to take people the, the the crucial critical things that people offer, and we need to highlight, appreciate, and respect those things and other things we don't necessarily agree with. Right. We leave it for what it is, and I respect you, and that's where you are. But I wholeheartedly, overall, respect him. Mm -hmm. And yet, historian, I went back to get her name. Historian Nancy McLean from Duke University, and the book is "Democracy and Change: The Radical Right's Stealth Plan for America." Okay. And in that book, she's talking about, I think I want to buy it. In okay. That book, she's talking about the Republican Party, also known as the Grand Old Party, also known as the Conservative Party. Uh-huh. And just so, so we know, basic, you know, this is operating over years of teaching. Mm -hmm. um, this ideology, this thing comes up in world history, comes up in American government, comes up in European history where we talk about these different ideas that shape how we function and so conservative ideology is basically operating for the select few okay okay yeah. so these people who support the select few in tradition and things like that mm -hmm. um they are attempting to turn our constitution back to the early days of 1789 mm. So what a lot of people don't understand for for the 18th century, what the founders did, that was radical. That was liberal for their time. But since then, 
globally, people have changed. We've shifted. We, like, they have the direction left and right. That comes from France, from the French Revolution, when they had their National Assembly. And the, um, the liberals, they sat to the left of the speaker, and the conservatives sat to the right of the speaker. So that's ah. where the terms come from. Left I never knew that. Okay. Yeah, that's where the terms come from. There's a documentary on that. Okay. So the country has, since 1789 has moved more to the left. It's more liberal. Mm -hmm. Okay. I encourage people to see Michael Moore's Fahrenheit 11.9 because he presents mm -hmm. like, I think four or five issues with no labels attached. Yeah. And typically about at least 60% of Americans agree with it or support it. Mm -hmm. And then when you take those issues and you put it under one of the two philosophies or parties, you see that those are liberal issues. So our country overall is more liberal. Okay. okay. Our government right now does not reflect that. Right. But there is an attempt right now being that they have their hands in the government, like mm -hmm. just usurp the whole federal government. Right. Dr. McLean says they want to take it back and take back voting rights. There's a possibility, like there's no, we can't put anything past them. Take back citizenship status. Because yeah. African-Americans were not considered citizens. We're not, we were not even considered people. That was a matter of law. <laughs> right. To change our status. Mm -hmm. Okay. Women, women's right to vote. That was an amendment to the constitution in the early 20th century. I believe the 19th amendment in 1920, I think. 1920 so. something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I believe so. And so there's a possibility for that to be amended and shifted. Wow. Okay. This is what's been happening at the state. Like these voter suppression laws, that's the state level. Like the last I heard is three, 33 states have 33 Republican governors. And I believe the state legislature is also dominated by the Republican Party. But that is antithetical to what Michael Moore determined when he made this recent documentary. Right. 11-9. Most uh -huh. Americans are, they support liberal policies. Right. How is it that 33 of your 50 states are controlled by conservative public officials? Mm -hmm. Something yeah. is wrong. And this is where these, these laws are coming in to block people who tend to vote Democratic. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah, so I think, so I, I just was um, intrigued by Dr. McLean's um, work and what she said, that this is where you have, like, she mentioned the Koch brothers, they are conservative, mm -hmm. this is why they're financing the campaigns of people who present themselves as Republicans or conservative politicians, right. that they are going to turn back the Constitution. In the early days of the Constitution, who was qualified to vote? White male property owners. That's mm -hmm. basically your race. Um, your gender and your class. If we want to update it to 2018, white rich men. Right, right, right. Yeah, and you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? And 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 I'm glad that you said that because you know, um, my friend, we, my boyfriend, and I, we we talk about this kind of stuff all the time. And sometimes I call him a conspiracy theorist, but really, the stuff that he said is like right on time, right? And so it's like all of these things, don't be fooled. This is my, this is my little insert here, okay? <laughs> Let me take a deep breath. <laughs> Girl, all the tomfoolery of the things that's going on right now, don't be fooled by that, lady. Mm -hmm. Don't be fooled by that because all of this stuff is, is being done to take your mind away from and to distract you from what's really going on. And that's why I want you to get on this podcast because the people who are really listening we're not listening to what's going on with him being upset with LeBron James and 
him being upset with Stormy Daniels and him being upset with Omarosa and whoever the whoever it is the person is today that he has a vendetta against. But the, all of these things are distractions. Okay, because while all of that BS is going on and we listening to that in the news, the real stuff is going on behind the scenes with the voter suppression and all of the things that you're talking about. And if we're not paying attention, which we're not because we're being distracted, mm -hmm. then we will let this slip. We will let this slip. That's why we must get out to vote. And ladies, ladies must get out to vote because we have a higher percentage of people who didn't vote in the last election. But women, we are... Like you said, we, we weren't even allowed to vote in the beginning. There was an amendment that had to take place in order for us to get the right to vote. Mm -hmm. You gotta vote. Like, you have this right. We gotta get to the young people. Young people, if they 18 and over, you need to get them out there and, and make them understand that they have to vote. Now, we can't tell people who to vote for. Okay, that's no. a disclaimer, because, you know, we want to be... <laughs> Look, I can't go ahead and tell nobody who to vote for. <laughs> even mm -hmm. though y'all already know, right? We, Hello. we already know. We, we, <laughs> We need to change some things we already know because I heard last night that the federal deficit is um it's gonna be uh close to a trillion dollars more than it was uh last year this time, yeah. next year this time, based mm -hmm. on all of the tax cuts for businesses that have been given that the businesses did the big not business. Back. Wait, wait, wait. Big businesses, big businesses, the ones that make all the money. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which at the end of the day, what was supposed to have happened right. was tax cuts go to them. They mm -hmm. give more money to the employees and employees put the money back into the economy. That's how it was supposed to happen. Right, air quotes. So for those of you <laughs> for those of you who can't who are not looking at the video, because I do a video and I do the audio, okay. we're using air quotes. So make sure y'all look at our YouTube video. <laughs> the money was supposed to go back to the people so that it could go back into the economy and it could stimulate the economy. Mm -hmm. Um hmm. okay, it happened to some corporations. I'm not gonna say none because I did hear. You know, some corporations did pass some of the money back on, but the right. majority of them did not. And so I say all that to say, don't be distracted. All of this um, tweeting about whatever and whenever and however, <laughs> this is not what's important. What's important is us being realistic about what we can do to change it. And I think a lot of times people sit back and they don't go out to vote because they ah, we can't change it. Look what happened in the last election. No, it doesn't matter if you feel like you can change it or not. You still have to go out and vote. You have to, you have a responsibility to go out and place your vote. And if you right. don't, I'm going to get off my soapbox. I'm going to get off my soapbox. But if you don't go out to vote, then we don't want to hear you complaining about every little thing that's going on. <laughs> you feel me? Don't yeah. be that person that's always complaining about this. Oh, my taxes is too high, my this, my that. Okay, but guess what? If you didn't go out and vote, sis, and I'm saying sis, because this is grown and sexy sister talk. Right. If, you, if you're not going out to vote, Mm -hmm. and encouraging other people to go out to vote, mm -hmm. you have no right to complain about what's going on. Your vote is your voice. If you don't issue your vote, you've silenced yourself, so you can't complain. <sighs> That's just what it is. Girl, you, listen, if anybody could see my face right now, if you're looking at the YouTube, I'm giving you that face like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, girls, let's stop Hold sitting on. back on our you know, booties and get out and do what we're supposed to do. All right, I'm done. Preaching. All right, so we go back. We go back to the questions now. <laughs> Sometimes I get all script, but I'm no, passionate that's quite about all right. No, that's all quite all right. Okay. I'm sure this folks will appreciate that. <sighs> I hope so. Mm -hmm. And if not, they won't be listening to the sexy sisters talk. But it's all right. <laughs> all right. So, 
what are the top three areas of our lives that will be negatively affected if we don't show up at the polls next month? And I say, especially women and people of color, because that's what we are, you know, we are versed in that. So that's why I put that kind of disclaimer on that. Okay. So number one, I would say citizenship status and voting. As I said, um, Dr. McLean, she said, there's a stealth (laughs) agenda Mm -hmm. and plan, okay, to... Mm -hmm. Take this constitution back because when you, you know, compared it from 20, contrasting 2018 to 1789, that is conservative. The early days of our country are now technically conservative. Like, as I said, the country's moved more to the left since then, 242 years. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, 1776. Mm -hmm. So citizenship status and voting. That's number one. Number two, economic rights. We know that recently, we know that with the candidacy of Bernie Sanders, he was pushing more for economic rights. Um, a, a lot of people, I would say, in this country, they are operating with a misunderstanding of socialism, um, but that supports the select few elite wealthy class who okay. supports capitalism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, socialism is kind of like that, um, like a, a, co-op, a cooperative building. Mm-hmm. where each person who has a unit, they are a shareholder. You know, they are, they are a tenant, they're occupant, and they're a part, part, partially an owner at the same time. That's mm-hmm. socialism when it comes to the economy. All people functioning in a, in a particular industry or something, they're, they're both worker and owner at the same time. Okay. That's what it really is. It's, it's supposed to try to have equality of opportunity, like equality of chance. Now it's up to you what you do with that opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Obviously the people who are the best, they're going to excel and they're going to, to, to uplift themselves. They're going to move up. But a lot of people have a misunderstanding because it doesn't function for the folks who are the select few. Okay. 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 Um, and so I just want to put that out there as far as what Bernie's platform was. And there are, we see also there are candidates across the country uh, winning, uh, what is it, the Dem- Democratic Socialists of America? Okay. Uh, that party pretty much named somewhat, to, somewhat similarly is um, very powerful in European countries, other countries that are major um, democracies too. Okay. Okay? Um, that goes back actually to the French Revolution with democracy is political and socialism is economic. So democracy is like equality, equal rights, individual rights, opportunities for all of us to participate in our political structure. Socialism mm-hmm. is equality of participation in the economy. Okay. They're supposed to go together, in mm-hmm. fact. <laughs> okay. They're supposed to go together, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, capitalism is economic liberalism, which is like, you know, economic individual rights, equal option for us to make it. But then now, if you were a person that's successful, it's a dog-eat-dog. It's mm. a type of world. It's a zero-sum game. I have to make it. For me to make it, you have to lose. And it's like, right now, I think our country, and globally, we're realizing that is not sustainable. Okay. This is how you get a stock market crash in 1929. This is how you get a global recession in 2007, 2008. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. Because some people, a select group of people, are working to make it and get all the wealth at the expense of everybody else. So and, 1%. Right. And then now when we move too far off the pathway and we sabotage it, now it falls through, it it blows up and falls apart. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so economic rights, people changing their understanding of these concepts and also the whole platform and the whole push for a livable wage. 
Yeah. Um, I don't have this story. It was by attention from about four or five years ago, but it's one of the University of California campuses. They researched it and they went back to 1968, which is now 50 years, 50 years ago. And it said, um, if our wages kept pace with uh, the product, the, the increase in productivity, Mm-hmm. then the minimum wage, quote minimum, should be $16.54. You say $16.54? $16.54. Right. This was something by attention from about four years ago. I want to say 2014, I believe so. Okay. Um, and so there, we need to have people in there mm-hmm. who, are going, who understand that we need, it, across the board, we need uh, an increase in wages because the last 40, 50 years we haven't. That's why people have to work harder. Mm-hmm. There is um in both houses in Congress and Bernie Sanders is, is on this committee. I think it's like labor, education, health, and labor. That's a committee. I'm, I'm probably mixing up the name, but there is a committee that deals with education, health, and labor. If people go back to the confirmation hearings from 2017, they'll see that that was the committee doing the questioning for those uh, appointees to the Department of Labor, Department of Education, Betsy DeVos. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that there is a committee that deals with labor. Labor okay. is part of economic rights. And mm-hmm. they're talking about wages. They're talking about taxes, the percentage of taxes we're obligated to pay. Like somebody's making that decision. Number three, the judicial system and chances for reform. If okay. we don't get the best people in there, then then the progress, you know, whatever progress people have tried to make over make over for the last 15 years, 20 years, is going to halt mm-hmm. and it's going to go back. People are trying to change it back. That's yeah. why when, um, when Mr. West talked about the 13th Amendment and changing the 13th Amendment, it's like, so you want us to go back to officially being all out enslaved again? Because... Yeah, I don't know. I don't think... I don't... Yeah, we're going to have to... No, we... <laughs> I have to pause on that one because Mr. West, he, I think he really needs some help. I, I really do because either that or he's really just trying to keep himself in the news because he's got an album coming out mm-hmm. or a CD yeah. or a live stream or whatever you call it. Whatever I don't know you whatever right. you call it now, but I think he's just trying to keep himself relevant right now. Right. But, you know, someone doing what he did is highly irresponsible, especially oh. in the climate right now yeah. because people realize you know, the, um, the serious problems that are part of our judicial system in there, people have been working, but you need it to go to the next level. If we don't put, you know, uh, people with better morals or principles at the table, make the decisions, then the chances for criminal justice reform or judicial system reforms are, are, are basically will be a a mute point. Like that's Mm -hmm. it, a moot point. Mm -hmm. Like there will be nothing going on with that. So that's why. Um, citizenship, economic rights, and judicial reform. This is why we definitely need to get out there because if we don't, we'll have a problem in all three areas. Mm-hmm. You mean a bigger problem? Mm-hmm. You say a bigger problem, right? Oh, yeah. we got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Lord knows we have some problems now. And, and I heard something um, when I was listening to CNN last night. They were saying that if we continue at the rate that we're going in the next probably 10 to 20 years, the, the wages will actually start to go back down if we continue on the pace that we're going right now and oh by the way one thing i want to insert when you were talking about the wages and the living wages that you know um number 45 he always speaks about how unemployment is so great under his administration and blah 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 but what what they don't say 
is that, okay, then, well, first of all, we're not talking about African-Americans because the rate of African-Americans that's unemployed is way higher. I think it's either two or three times higher than the national rate. But what they don't always, that, what they don't also talk about is that people who are underemployed, that it's not, it's not in that number. And right. even, especially you, cause you live in New York, in New York, right. I, I was seeing stories where people who work for the state of New York is living in their cars because they can't afford rent. So yeah, they're not unemployed. So they're not going to show up on that list. Right. However, they are not even making enough money to pay for rent and they have to live in their car. Imagine having to live in your car and get up and work a 40 hour work week and living in your car. They, right. they washing up in, they, uh, I saw a guy who worked for the park service in New York. He washing up in his, in the, inside the park service bathroom to go to work. Wow. So, but these are the things that people, you have to really, really listen. You have to go behind what's being said. Like I said, don't be distracted by all this other stuff that's going on. It's merely a distraction to keep you from, and, and this whole thing with the, with the voter, with the votes in, in 2016, we know there was collusion. We know all of that. However, don't let that stop you from going out to vote right now. Because they can tamper with a few thousand votes, but they can't tamper with millions of votes. Exactly. Thank you for that. Thank you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. I love that. You're so smart. Oh, my baby. Oh, thank so you. Smart. <laughs> All right. So I wanna, you, can I add something as far as the state in the city? Mm -hmm. um, some time ago, the American Federation of Teachers, they sent, you know, they fought like the largest, one of the largest teaching, teaching you, teachers unions in the country. They sent us letters and there was a lady in California, an adjunct professor, and that's what I am, part-time. That's additional supplemental. That's the term for part-time instructors. Okay. <laughs> and she's teaching at one of the campuses in California. She and her husband are homeless. Like, how is it that you have two people together? And they clearly don't have the income to afford the rent. I think it's the San Francisco, San wow. Jose Bay Area. Wow. She, you know, most colleges and universities require you to have at least a master's degree to teach part-time. So you're talking about, like, it's not just New York. It's all over the country. Wow. Where they have to get food stamps. This was, this was in that attention, um, that attention um, uh, article as well. They talked about Walmart and, and McDonald's um, employees and how the state and federal government has to subsidize because people need yep. food stamps and the mm -hmm. Medicaid and the different uh, tax credits and things like that. Yep. And so uh, part-time college and university instructors are also in that category, in that group. And it's like, how do you have somebody with an advanced level of education who loves what they do? They love teaching. And this is what they're dealing with. Like this is across the board, like, you know, that most people can't even make their rent. And so right. again, That's it's crazy. a matter of law. It takes mm -hmm. law and it takes people working together to put together the best type of law to put a stop to that or to improve it. Okay. So we need to get out there and we need to vote. We need to do our best to get a different uh, school of people in there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's, that's good stuff, sis. Okay. So, why do you think, um, excuse me, what do you think are some of the challenges that people are facing in getting out to vote next month? So, and, and what do you think we can do to improve voter turnout? Okay, well, number one, election day is not a national holiday. It's not a day off. Mm. So I think one of the impediments for people is time. Mm -hmm. Okay, again, mm -hmm. going back to those economic rights, a lot of people just can't afford to take an hour or two or whatever it is. They can't afford to, like, if they go before work, what, what if something goes wrong at the mm -hmm. polling station? Right. And now there's a delay, and they thought that they would be able to get to work. Now they're an hour late, and then they lose an hour pay. Sure. Or, God forbid, 
they have a cranky supervisor who's like, oh, this is the third time and I'm going to fire you. Yeah. For taking part in your number one civic responsibility in wow. a democracy. So the, um, the time. Um, what do I think what could improve is just basically um, talking to people about the implications of the elections, which we should just pay attention to what's been happening since the current administration's been in, since the current um, you know, executive administration, as well as the current session of Congress, right? Congress is, each session is two years. So it's around January 3rd. Mm -hmm. So last year was a new, the start of a new session, which was January 3rd or so 2017, okay. on December 31st this year. So when we vote next month or in two weeks, three weeks, two weeks, mm -hmm. um, it's going, January is going to start a whole new session. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have to have people in there who are coming in with a good, a better agenda, a good agenda for that whole session. Mm -hmm. Right now, this, this, this session here, I don't know the numbers at one fifteenth. I'm not sure, but, um, it's been the least productive for the most Americans, for average Americans. Like this session is good for the select few, you know, mm -hmm. the ones who got the tax cuts. Right. Um, so, you know, and then the fight, the Muslim ban, the healthcare, um, you know, how we have to push back all the energy that we have to use instead of um, using that energy to move forward and to make things better. We have to put our energy to stop people from doing things that is going to make it worse for us. Like th these last two years have been exhausting. Mm. I'm sure for millions and millions of Americans yeah. and people all over the world. Yeah. Because what happens in America doesn't just affect the domestics. Now I'm going to go into world politics. What yep. happens here affects other parts of the, the world and world. vice versa. Mm -hmm. You know, the way that, you know, the 20th century, especially since World War One and Two, and especially since World War II, the last 70 something years, the world is like this. And so if one piece crumbles, everybody's connected, everybody else is going to feel it. It might be on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the worst. One country might only experience three, another one might be a level seven, the other one a level 10, but we're all going to be negatively affected. So, you know, whoever is sitting here in our seat of government, it matters to other people in the world as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> that is so deep. We could talk for like hours and hours about this, <laughs> but <laughs> I know, look, with the podcast, we got to keep it to a certain amount of time. But, um, and so now I know that one of the things I, I had thought about when you were talking was, and of course, you know, I'm not one here telling people what to vote or who to vote for. However, if you are a Democrat, one of the things that I heard is that, you know, Republicans right now are kind of sitting back feeling like we got this. And so the expectation is, is that a lot of Republicans are going to sit this out. Right. And so mm. I had signed up for um, Michelle Obama's initiative when we all vote. And I think you probably saw me putting some stuff on Facebook about when we all vote. That was to push voter registration, which depending on what state you live in, it may be done. Yesterday was done in the state of Maryland where I live, but I say all this to say that another reason that Michelle Obama and all these people are kind of really giving this push is because they're expecting Republicans to kind of sit this one out because they think they already got it. Right. And so if we show up in droves, you know, we would be able to push the vote in our favor if you're a Democrat. Right. Right. And so if the Republicans are going to stay home, the Democrats need to be at the polls. <laughs> so that's and the independents, the people who are not affiliated. I'm, and like, I'm, not, I'm not registered with either party. I registered okay. as soon as I was eligible. I did the motor voter thing when I okay. applied for my driver's 
um, learner's permit um, at 18. Mm -hmm. I registered to vote and I left the party blank because I didn't, I didn't know much, you know, I'm like just becoming an adult and I didn't know much about the two parties to that extent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I also didn't want to put myself in a box. Yeah. That's the thing for me. I know that I, I tweeted at our New York state, um, legislature and I believe I left a message you know, online, I did a, I typed up a brief little message for my um, representatives in the New York State Senate and, and Assembly, I believe, okay. that New York should have open primaries. Now, I did see some efforts at our state level to have like automatic registration and early voting to introduce that in New York State. But mm-hmm. I also would like for the primaries to be open so that anybody can vote. Um, those states, they, you know, it, that's decided at the state level where it's like a closed primary or caucus they overlap with the primary and primary and caucus. Like I don't really fully understand. Or like I'm not in depth, like a specialist A to Z and back in American government to know sure. the difference between the primary and caucus. But mm-hmm. I do know it's the first half of the year, and the voters in the state are choosing the the nominee for each party. Mm-hmm. Now, if it is a closed primary or caucus, that means only registered Democrats and registered Republicans can vote. So okay. someone like me who's not registered with either party, I can't vote in the primary. I okay. can only vote in the general. So I have to rely on folks to have picked the best candidate, you know, okay. Okay. for either party. But okay. yeah, I mean, it's, it, there's a couple of ideas that people have. Even, in fact, my representative in the House, Grace May, in Queens District 6. Hey, Queens. Um, <laughs> hey, Queens. So she proposed that the voting age actually be dropped to 16 or 17, especially wow. with the kids this year and mm. how they've been active, the March for Our Lives, those mm-hmm. high school kids. Yes. Okay. Yes. So yes. my yes. representative, like as far as changing the voting or some part of the election and voting process, my representative is saying it just as it was changed from 21 to 18, it should be changed now to 16 or 17. Wow, that would be amazing because these babies are smart now, child. They not like we were. We were out there playing um hopscotch and um <laughs> and double dutch. These kids is out here marching and everything else, honey. They are serious these days. Well, they have to be serious. You know why? Because their very lives depend on it. Yes, it does. All these school shootings. It surely I understand does. Understand why they will be engaged because yeah. their life actually depends on it. Right. Yeah. And if you have children, then you have a responsibility to get out to vote to make sure that we can do something to make their schools safer. So there's exactly. so many reasons why we should get out to vote. But again, I just feel like we always hear this: you should vote, you should vote, you should vote. But people may not really get that, you know, especially with all that's going on. You know, sometimes people have a habit of thinking, well, it's not going to make a difference, so I'm not going to do it, you know. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think that because people have been deflated and discouraged based on what happened in the last election, but don't let that discourage you. Still get out, still learn what you need to learn about who is running for office in your local government, in your um, state government, and make sure that you really understand the candidates, what their what their policies are, what their you know what they believe in. Um, one of the things that you can do is you can go to rockthevote.org because on Rock the Vote it'll break it down for you in your specific state. Um, it's, it, it won't tell you about the candidates, but it'll it'll give you some voting information for each state. Um, you can also go to whenweallvote.org. That's Michelle Obama's initiative to get people out to vote. There's lots of information there. And in your particular state, you can go to your state's website and then um, your state's voter registration or your state's voting website. And that'll give you more information as well. But you got to go get the information. Hopefully 
having this conversation with Dr. C is helping some sisters really just kind of rethink what they need to do um, in order to get out to vote in uh, what you mentioned too about the time people not having the time that's that's really um that's something i hadn't even really thought about right because i've been blessed enough to work for an employer who you know kind of give people time to vote you can kind of go out and vote and, and we were very understanding about that but not everybody is does has, has that luxury like you said mm -hmm. so i mean if you're in your state they have early voting find out about that see what you can do to, to try to get it in. Don't just kind of sit there and be like, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to do it because of ABC, XYZ. Because like you said, our lives really depend on it. Right. And I would encourage people to look more into um, the absentee ballot. I think that's definitely for the college students. It depends mm -hmm. on, you know, the, the, the rules of the particular state where they're attending college, especially if it's not their home state. Right. And the provisional ballot, like I've seen some posts because we have concerns about our electronic process, even though the electronic process is much faster and much more convenient. Mm -hmm. We see that it's, you know, people have the ability to um, intercede negatively <laughs> right. um, with electronic um our electronic you know tools etc so mm -hmm. i would tell people also to go to those to those organizations websites and google just like you would for a leisure activity mm -hmm. <laughs> um mm -hmm. go and take take a look at absentee ballot provisional ballot and if you feel that um you know there's some funny business when you go out to vote request that or before voting you know request these particular types of ballots so that, that your vote is counted yeah okay i like that i'd like thank you dr c so how can people reach out to you or hear more of your thoughts around these issues because i see that you have a podcast now too i saw it on linkedin so yeah. how can people reach you or hear more of the conversation from you so i have um a podcast um dr c rouser .com. um i'm on facebook i'm on twitter at dr chronology so you can follow me there. And there are links to my podcasts um, on my social media. Sometimes I just have basic commentary, but I, off I also offer premium content, which is basically select topics from the various history and political science courses that I've taught, including world politics, American government. Like I have a series up there now. It's premium content. It's called citizen education or like civics. Another word for civics is, you know, in civil is citizen. Um, and so I have some uh, brief, I call it brief cliff notes on the three branches of American government. And so if people are interested to kind of uh, find out how you can better connect the dots and the features of the legislative branch, the executive and the judicial branch, I encourage folks to go in and take a listen. All right. Awesome. And so I, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. And I am so thankful to have you as a sister. You're so smart. I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm so proud of you. And I'm proud of you for, you know, giving us, taking what you've learned and, and helping us to be better with what you know and, and, and really breaking it down in layman's terms for us too. Cause you know, sometimes this stuff can be a little complicated. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. So thank you so much. I love you so much. And you. did you give, did you give us like a, do you have like an email address or something that people can reach out to or? Dr. C. Rouser at gmail.com. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Dr. C. Love you so much. Thank you. All right. And I, look, I'll see you at, you live in New York and I, and I live in Maryland, but I will see you at the polls anyway. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm going live that day. I'm, I, I got to hey, get the feel. I got to get the feel. That's a good idea. 
I got to get the feel at my polling station because if I overhear people, you know, and they're just excited as I am and, you know, defiant, um, yeah, I, I act up. <laughs> hey, you <laughs> know what? Going live. We should do that. We should we should yeah. both go live and show what's going on and just be supportive yeah. of the people who took the time to come out. That's a great idea. I think I'll go live I, with you. I've encouraged people too to make it a party. Like folks who can go with their family and friends. Like even if you have to wait on the long line, you know. Again, closing particular stations—that's another form of voter suppression, and mm -hmm. especially where people vote Democratic or people of color. Yeah. Um, you know, bring your chairs. Shoot, <laughs> bring you something to eat. Right. And just make this a party. Make it know? a little party. Make it a party. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So I will see. I, well, I guess I will see you on November the sixth then. Yes. <laughs> yeah. right. Thank you okay. so much, and now you got to get back to teaching. Thank you so much. Love you. Love you. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay, ladies, you have just reached the end of another episode of Grown and Sexy Sisters Talk. This was real conversation for real women about real life. I really hope you enjoyed our talk, and I have a little homework for you. First, I want you to go to my website, www.grownandsexysister.com to sign up for my newsletter. On there, you can also read my blog, find valuable free resources, schedule a coaching session, or just check out some upcoming events. Second, I want you to subscribe to my podcast. You can do it on iTunes or Google Play. You don't want to miss out on one single episode, so that's going to be really important. And third, check me out on YouTube. You can type in Grown and Sexy Sister with an A-H in the search bar and make sure to subscribe there as well. I want you to be able to see the amazing video recordings of these podcasts there. So much love, be blessed, stay grown and sexy sisters, and we'll speak soon.